0: Log Talk Radio. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias. But, they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Hello everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10 ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for 7 dollars With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels.
1: Earthing, also known as grounding, is the act of touching our body's skin directly to the earth, just like our ancestors did as they slept, sat, and walked on the ground nearly every day of their lives. This simple connection allows earth's natural negative electrons to enter the human body pacifying dangerous free radicals, which, if left unchecked, can cause severe damage to cells that can lead to many chronic diseases. Ground Therapy's patented process and suite of products were designed for you to experience all the benefits of grounding in your busy and modern lifestyle. And you'll experience the benefits of grounding within the safety and comfort of your home or office throughout the entire day, just as if you were touching the earth itself.
0: The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce, never makes it off the farm.
1: It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when
0: you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. that there is beauty standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We
1: educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are.
0: To have food delivered to your house. A
1: box of produce every week. And
0: it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store.
1: I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box.
0: High quality produce.
1: There's nothing wrong with And they taste
0: exactly the same, it's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like, but why wouldn't you do, why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce.
1: Hello, folks. We are here with Barefoot is Legal radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as general health, um, <clears throat> sharing general health benefits, just giving support, encouragement, um, and any other information regarding barefooting. Community really is the most important thing to any collective change and acceptance and Formate and uh, reform of systems that is going to be for the people with the needs of the people in mind. Um, and there's definitely a lot going on in the world right now, even just in um, the United States, which is, you know, where Barefoot is Legal is based. But I know we also have um, a lot of listeners from outside of the country as well. Um, but Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on. Um, It's definitely hard to keep up with what's going on. I think that there's definitely a very collective stress, worry, fear, struggle, and different communities are going to be affected more than others, of course, within this. Um, But overall, there is a collective worry and stress. And I think that as crazy as it does sound to people like reconnecting ourselves and our communities to the earth does so much healing and even psychologically and through different studies with um, stress management that have been done for decades, you know, nature has proven to have a vital role in stress management, general health benefits, safety of communities. I mean, the list goes on and on, really, and and it's so frustrating, honestly, how many people don't realize the importance of nature. I honestly am privileged to live in an area where there is a lot of nature more than I even realize, um, even myself at times, but I know I get frustrated that the other people around me don't see it, um, and I either like you know that was something that i was kind of taking the time to think on the other day it's just like how beautiful the light coming through the trees is and how you know and there's nothing simple about that really there's nothing simple about astronomy there's nothing simple about the earth there's nothing simple about plants and life and diversity, you know, and diversity of life. Like there, there is nothing simple. And but we often look at all these things around us as so like, oh, simple things that we don't even take the time to consider, or understand or unravel or um, really have empathy with each other and just really connect with each other over and, and understand each other. But also there isn't any time. There isn't, um, you know, and. For a lot of people, there isn't, and I think even if you're not working a traditional job, like, for sure, it's like there's still just this feeling like there's not enough time and always worrying and rushing around time, and unfortunately, that's something that has been ingrained in our culture as a whole um, in American society for a while, and I think of just a lot of us, including myself, even sometimes, I am like starting to become aware of just the time when my fears, my anxieties, past experiences uh past traumas, even like you know how much those things can try to grab hold of your life, your mind, and your existence and And how sometimes, you know, obviously when it's something that is physical um, or mental too or emotional, and you have to also respect like the boundaries of your body and your mind and any dimension of you when it's saying no. But how being so caught up in stress and worrying about what other people think of us, you know, as barefooters or in general, um, how much that limits us. And obviously when there are safety threats, Um, you know, to your safety, like that is very valid and that, you know, does take up a lot of space in mind. And that's something that I'm even realizing too, you know, as you know, it's, yeah, like some of these things, uh, maybe paranoia, like they are, they can sometimes be very real and justified, but at the same time, sometimes our anxieties and fears of other things, um, can kind of spiral out of control to distract us and the real threats that are real, the real, you know, threats that are there that just, I mean, obviously your reality is real to you. This isn't to invalidate anyone's anxiety. It doesn't matter if it's real to everyone else or not, or if it's just within your internal reality, like that's still your experience. Anxiety is still real. Um, mental health um, is definitely important. And, but, you know, even just barefooting and being with nature can help so much with that. And sometimes it's hard to realize how much like our anxieties and even for myself, um, but even talking to other people, how much that can keep us from even feeling comfortable connecting to the earth, people being comfortable going outside. Um, you know, I don't leave my house much between sensory issues, disability issues, um, so many things, honestly, but some of my husband been, you know, just the negative experiences in public, whether that any kind of harassment, any kind of trauma, you know, that is going to, you know, cause a barrier there. And and I know that if you're a barefooter and you're someone that needs nature and you're struggling, you know, with something like, you know, this. And um and also there are real threats out there. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, it's in my head. And I'll go out in public and then I'll just have some really, oh, uh, experiences and I'd be like, oh, "Okay, yeah. This is this is why I'm nervous." Okay. Like this is why I'm anxious because people are weird and you know like to harass people for all kinds of reasons. And um, you know, and so it's but it's also about finding that line, you know, because when we're also worrying about other people's opinions, worrying about these things that are to just, you know, our mind cre- does create as a defense mechanism to distract us from the real but um you know that can keep us from being on guard even more and living in our body but that also steals a lot of ourselves from us and um your pain your frustrations your paranoia your fear like those are valid things all of these things are valid to experience and they're valid to have but needing to take the time to also balance our mental health and balance our anxiety you know, keeping in mind the reactions that are going on when our bodies aren't properly cared for, you're not eating enough, you're not sleeping enough. And I know that that's also a really hard thing for a lot of people to, um, have in their life, but I do want us to kind of talk about that. I want to put it out there, um, you know, as somebody who is definitely a part of the people and for the people, um, and, I think all of these things are so tied into the stigmatization of barefooting or separation from nature. Um, you know, the decrease in human health, the skyrocketing of different um, health conditions. You know, they you know when they're aren't health and safe, healthy and safe environments. Like this is creating more to people's health. You know, things like asthma have skyrocketed because of the pollutants in the the air here around just on Earth in general, you know, like, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, sorry, I laugh when I'm nervous or just trying not to be like upset or angry about how it is. But, you know, we have to take care of our planet, we have to take care of our ecosystem, we need to reconnect, we are meant to be a part of it and And the destruction of this planet that has happened because of capitalism that has gone unchecked um, and has not had people and communities in mind. there are a lot of climate injustices there there's even environmental racism, you know <laughs> unfortunately, there's so many layers to these things, and there's a deep history that a lot of us are not taught we are not encouraged to know about or Um, discussed, and we need to have solidarity together, you know, within our barefooting community, within our communities with other people, even outside of barefooting, um, having solidarity between all of the communities that we're a part of and we're also not a part of, as long as, you know, of course, these are communities that, you know, aren't enacting violence or harm or anything, anything else that is just beyond not okay, you know, Um, I think it's really important for us to just remember that like we have a place here in nature and nature has a place within our lives. And we really just need to reconnect the earth, find ways of reconnecting our families and our communities with the earth. And, you know, um, Ohio has a lot of really great hiking places all over the state. Um, And, and there's a lot of states in the Midwest that have a lot of really beautiful hiking places, Michigan. Um, has, uh, but, you know, and uh, I haven't traveled, you know, I don't travel very <laughs> much or anything, even within the surrounding states or anything. But, you know, there's a lot of beauty. But, unfortunately, a lot of people who are living in bigger cities and metropolises and um there is just such even more of a disconnect from nature and the and and then we wonder why crime rates are higher honestly um people are probably losing it because there's no stress reduction there's you know it's just like you have to think like these charged environments where there's and like we've talked about in the past, so, you know, too much electrical, um, excessive electrical energy in the body, you know, that can wreak havoc with different um, facets of health, inflammation, uh, chronic pain, arthritis issues, muscular, skeletal issues, um, disc issues. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many different things that their footing can help with and that, um, and also that the just and why does it help with that is because that excessive electrical energy wreaks havoc on the body and there's so many studies to show that um now of course it's not something that's you know been taking a forefront in science um by any means either but there is a lot more research out there that can be connected um even if you just look more into earthing itself and 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 then understanding you know barefooting and how the two overlap. And um, we really do need to anchor that excessive electrical energy to the earth. The electrical systems around us, they are also anchored to the earth. That's how they're safely operating. And, you know, so for our bodies to safely be operating, we also need to anchor that excessive electrical energy to the earth. And one of the best direct ways to do that is through your feet. Um, and even if you have sensory issues, you know, you can put on socks and, or fine. I'm, and I, I've seen a couple things out there. I can't remember any brands. I haven't looked into things enough, but, you know, there are options out there, you know, to and there are also creative ways of, you know, just getting around sensory issues. Like for me, I just wear socks. So sometimes socks on certain textures also does bother me, but and that's usually when I'm just like, eh, I'd rather be barefoot and I don't really have a problem anyway. Cause it's like, I want to be barefoot. So, you know, everybody though, though does have their own different sensory issues, you know, it, for people that have sensory issues, especially, but like, we all have our own experiences in our bodies, so listen to your body barefoot, how it works for you and is comfortable and safe for you. Um, and I do, and we do understand that you do have to keep the environment that you're in in mind. Um, most of the greatest threats to barefooting are, have nothing to do with barefooting inherently, but actually have more to do with threats of safety that are present in that environment because of other social factors and social threats. I mean, <clears throat> barefooting in itself is not a problem. It's the environment and the social factors in the environment that make barefooting unsafe. And sometimes that can even just be on an emotional, mental, community level of just not accepting and just being like, "Oh, you must be on drugs. You must be this. You must be that." Um, I've had definitely experiences lately where people, yeah, assume i my on drugs. I've also had some really great experiences where it's just like more people do it than you think or more people are okay with it than you think. And sometimes it's like hard to keep in mind the balance of that. Sometimes it's hard not to get caught up on all the bad or then get too optimistic with all the good that you forget that bad people <laughs> exist until you're like, Oh wait, that's right. Not everybody is like, cause I choose just around myself as much as I can with people who are as just supportive, inclusive, just, loving accepting you know as caring as possible and and sometimes you know engaging with like the media and even social media sometimes it's like you know things are geared towards you so you know a lot of times too when I'm hearing about things you know a lot of times too or we're talking about things that has a lot more to do with you know positive change and activism that sometimes it can be hard to remember they're like oh yeah like if you're there are people in the world that are horrible, you know, and when you're, <laughs> you know, until you have to engage in the world. And for me as someone with ADHD and autism, like there can sometimes be that little um, people object permanence. I there where it's like, um, I just forget sometimes, you know, sometimes and then other times, you know, it's really hard not to get caught up in it and obsessed and it, you know, and just feel like we're, you know, drowning in it and you know, there is a lot of collective pain and struggle and I do think that connecting to the earth and connecting to nature, connecting to our ecosystem ecosystems and connecting our communities ecosystem is so crucial for fixing roughly good majority of every problem that we're facing in society. I mean, the climate crisis, it is a problem. You know, health issues are, you know, they've skyrocketed through because of climate disaster issues. Um, you know, alongside the fact that more people are, since the 1960s, have been increasingly wearing um, shoes that have rubber soles and wearing shoes in general, you know, these rubber soles, they stop the flow of electrons from the earth. And like I said before, you know, excessive electrical energy in the body is detrimental to human health. Um, So many different chronic illnesses can be linked to that and grounding really and earthing and barefooting really does help alleviate and um, release that excessive electrical energy as well as like alleviating those symptoms um and this is something i definitely can speak from personal experience um with different health issues as um somebody who um has been you know barefooting pretty much as much as i can other than you know like sensory issues or you know it's too cold and sometimes it ties into sensory issues as well as other um you know physical uh cold chronic illness stuff for me um it really i've been doing this since about i think it's 2020 yeah because when i started you know, barefooting pretty much as full time as I could going out in public and just having, you know, my own barefooting journey, working up what my body was comfortable with, my feet are comfortable with, because it isn't something that you can just dive right into necessarily either, but our feet are adaptable. They are. And a lot of just shoes in general and increasingly so aren't made for the needs of human feet, for, um, to support our posture, to support our uh, bodies in general. And I remember last year we um, had a guest speaker um, on, or, or maybe it was just a caller who just you know, wanted to share his experience. I can't remember right now 100%. But his uh, father was a, podiat- a podiatrist, so, you know, a doctor who specializes in the feet. Um, and But the son who was, you know, talking, he himself is, you know, a barefooter and you know talking to his dad about how his dad would perform bunion surgeries to make people's feet fit into shoes is really ultimately what the surgeries are doing and this isn't against all people that need you know surgery for their feet if you need a surgery for your foot get a surgery for your foot like make your own decisions your body your choice but how a lot of people end up with bunions is because shoes are just made too small they're made too restricting um and it's just they decrease balance, they decrease the strength, muscle stability, and muscle control in general in the feet and the ankles. They become almost like a crutch because they're not made to work with our feet. And But also, too, in a lot of situations, so many different types of shoes are genuinely a safety hazard, or they're not going to protect you from much of anything. Um, you know, I love when people are like, oh, you need to, always, you need to have shoes on, you know, if it's a safety, blah, blah, blah here. but it, And it's like, okay, you put on flip-flops. Or if you have flip-flops, they're not going to say anything. And, and, and if you put on flip-flops are okay with it. But what is a flip-flop going to protect me from? And, you know, before my issues with mobility and chronic pain, like, decreasingly got worse, um, even as a kid, like, I had issues with, you know, to wear flip-flops because they hurt my feet the way they pull on them. And that's a common issue. A lot of shoes are not designed for our feet or not designed for our body. Um, and I've seen a lot of, not a lot, but I have seen several people who, um, have expertise and like background in, you know, barefooting and, um, like, you know, the health sciences area talking about how there is a similar process with shoes and the way that they're made and how restricting and, um, often how, like, they're not made wide enough. Really, our feet should be wider, um and i get more into that in a second, Um, how because they're restrictive and people are often also want, in general, want to have smaller feet or trying to force into smaller shoes. Um, Or, again, there's just not wide or large shoe options really accessible to women. And um, I know that's an issue for a lot of women I know that have larger feet. And um, so... This similar uh, – there's a similar process going on here that is maladaptive to, you know, the same process as foot binding, which obviously is a lot more um, intense um, trigger warning. If you want to look up what pictures of, you know, foot binding looks like, um, you know, you can do that, but um, I would just, you know, content warning, you know, I – whatever. I, I would be careful just, you know, for what people are comfortable with because some of it is pretty – in my opinion, gross. Um, It's just, and and that's not me trying to, like, offend anybody, anybody's culture or anything like that. Um, Just for me, like, I just, seeing it and, like, with my, like, autism cringe, oh, it it, it gives me chills. I might even go live. So, but you know what? Y'all may not have as dramatic a brains as mine, and you might be like, oh, okay. But obviously these are not exactly the same thing. But there is a similar process. Our feet are adaptable, and they're going to adapt to what they got to. And um, I think it's kind of interesting how like sharks. Um, and I don't know if it, I don't know if this applies to all sharks. I just saw somebody sharing this, and um, it's like one of those videos where like marineologist shares you know shark fact or whatever, and I'm just like, okay, cool you know, just scrolling through social media about how, like, you know, sharks, when they're put in tanks that are too small, like, they're not going to grow past that. But I've also known people that um, have had experiences with, like, different lizards, amphibian, reptilian, um, different types of, like, creatures, like, uh, pets like that, um, that it's, and or them either having knowledge or having to find something out and then, you know, feeling horrible that if they're not in the proper container for either, you know, what their sizes or what they're supposed to grow to, they're not going to grow and they're not going to adapt um, in the way that they naturally should develop to, because they're trying to fit and survive in that environment. Um, and I think that in general, that, that a lot can be said with that. Um, I think I've also just heard people, you know, use that fact with, like, giving, you know, like, encouragement with, you know, knowing your worth as well. Um, but, uh, where was I going with this? Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I just get to talking and I'm like, I just forget how to breathe. <laughs> yes, but, you know, our feet are adaptable. Obviously, those things are, you know, maladaptive um, and affect, you know, our ability to walk, control over our body, muscle um, strength and development and control. But our feet are because they're adaptive; they're going to adapt to your barefooting. Now, it's not something you can just nose dive right into, where you know I'm day one. You know, I've ne- I've always worn shoes, and you know. Now I'm deciding to, uh, I don't know, barefoot for the first time, and I'm going to, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think it would be a crazy place. Somewhere that's like a desert, and you're not even from, you know, a desert. You're like, I'm going to barefoot one day on a random trip, too, even in like a habitat I'm not familiar with. I'm going to go climb, you know, the Himalayas barefoot, you know, I'm going to get to Mount Everest, the top or whatever, and it's just like, um... You know, it's not, obviously, you can't just go that extreme, and obviously, those are extreme examples, (laughs) too, but I think that, you know, when I also, but in general, when you talk about how, oh, you know, it's not, um, like, a quick dive right into it, you know, people are like, well, yeah, 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 of course, the extreme cases is also what people's minds go to is, well, of course, I'm not going to, you know, go in the snow or this or that, but, people don't realize that you know certain textures um certain temperatures of surfaces you know those aren't things that can necessarily be for everybody right away um i mean especially with how the things are going with the climate it's getting hotter and it's getting hotter i mean we're at some pretty hot weather for the end of august on average here even uh been humid um we get a lot of humidity here I swear our state is known for humidity um I've never really been I've, I haven't really been to Florida so I don't know what the humidity is in comparison because I hear they get a lot of humidity too but um either way I, if it's worse I don't want to know <laughs> you know but <coughs> sorry I don't know Sorry, when I mean myself, so you don't have to hear me cough at you. Um, but where is with this? Um, you know, with a lot of these things that you know are going on with the climate, and it's not even just going to be getting hotter necessarily, or having droughts in certain areas. Areas that already have heavy downfalls have you know intense storms and things like that are expected to have you know more <laughs> heavy rainfalls, more storms, more downpour, um, you know, more crazy winds. And um, and this is a dangerous, you know, thing to think about. Now, all hope is not lost. You know, I'm, I'm saying these things to try to, you know, acknowledge what we really do need to talk about, but I do have some more positive things to keep in mind. You know, there are a lot of different people that are working really hard on with grassroots efforts and with community efforts to, you know, come together and, you know, reconnect people with the ecosystem, protect the ecosystem, and, you know, build up and make changes for the community. There's so many different labor strikes movements um, with the fires in Maui Um, in general. um, You know, uh, Lahaina was devastated, um, but there uh, were other areas that were also um, impacted um, right oh, i I'm know so much in my brain right now I can't remember all the names exactly um, but if you go to the Maui County um, website it'll have more information on the fires and um, I know there's been some I- I- issues coming from people and how things are being reported and shared as well but um, there's at least names of some of where the other fires are and there's at least some information there um, but there are a lot of but you know these Grassroots effort, communities, and Hawaii, you know they've really come together and to support each other when they have not gotten the support that they've needed. And so there's so much community work happening, um, but at the same time, give people the time to grieve. <laughs> give time pe- people the time to grieve, and remember that you know this is people's homes. And, you know, for you, it may just be a vacation spot, but for a lot of people, this is their homes that they have watched, you know, under oh, some destruction. Um, and it's hard because I, you know, I don't want to, you know, trigger anybody, but we need to be aware of these things. And um, we need to have empathy with each other. We need to be aware of what's going on with our planet. And, and just having solidarity with each other. And climate disaster does pose a threat to barefooters. It poses a threat to everyone. It does. And if you're somebody that likes to barefoot, likes to connect with the earth for whatever your reason is for barefooting, whether that is religious reasons, spiritual reasons, cultural reasons, um, medical reasons, whether that, you know, be a, a, because of a physical illness or disability um, or because of, you know, a mental illness and, or disability, whatever your reasoning is for barefooting, you should care about the planet and you should care about ecosystems and you should care about, the enrichment of the ecosystem and the enrichment of human health. Because this destruction, how are we going to barefoot? How are we going to connect with nature? How are we going to have an outside? How are we going to have a home in general? You know, and just because it hasn't affected you yet or as badly does not mean that it is not devastating the lives of so many others. And the thing is, is, yes, that sounds really depressing. But... And that's true. And sometimes I'm, like, crying and I'm like, oh, my God, I hate how the world is. Like, oh, believe me, I, I get it. It's exhausting. But I think that if we allowed ourselves to be angry and angry in a healthy way that has empathy, um, that would also make the depression less heavy, less insidious, less overcoming. Because, but we've also been taught overall, you know, that to silence our anger, to not be angry, that angry makes you unlikable, undesirable or whatever else, you know, that people were, oh, you're problematic. When in anger and its intended purpose, you know, it's showing us that there's something wrong here. There's an injustice. So yeah, I'm angry. Yeah, I want to go off. There's something wrong happening. And You know, something needs to be done about that. You know, anger comes from this, you know, seeing that there is something wrong and wanting to take action. Now, that can spiral, excuse me, that can spiral out of control and that can be maladaptive, especially when we're not taught emotional regulation. Um, I wasn't really taught emotional regulation in the way that I, you know, should have as a child. And I I know the same could be said for so many different people. Um, And this has impacted different communities and different generations um, in its own different ways. But there is still a um, shared or similar collective um, cultural mindset, you know, around that. And it's just there is still hope is what's really important for people to remember, though. Community, coming together, talking about these things, engaging and choosing to, you know, give a voice to the people and the issues that matter in community and focusing on the things that are about us and our health and our lives. That is so crucial. Community is indisputably vital to the betterment and collective positive change that needs to happen for the people, by the people, governed by the people. I mean, and you, and a lot of people have their own opinions and people are totally valid to their own opinions and interpretations. But if people understood the way that they're anger has maladaptively and their empathy has maladaptively been twisted and altered, contorted, manipulated, and how that can cause us to spiral out of control or have a hard time accepting new information or understanding and seeing each other or not being defensive when we really shouldn't be. How these things, you know, create a barrier to community and how they've created a barrier for so long, but understanding the origin of this. Understanding what's going on behind it, and understanding the history of the land, the community, the country, a lot of the issues that we're facing. I mean, you know, I I I, I like to joke about it at least, where it's almost like a time uh, timeline reset where it's like, are we living the 1920s? Hmm, kind of wondering that. And, yeah, there are a lot of similarities, and in a lot of ways, I was someone who was blessed and privileged to um, be close to my great-grandfather, um, who was born in, uh, shoot, my brain's not loaded right now, I and mean, I'm thinking of my grandma's birth year, but she, she did pass away a couple years ago. He's still alive. He just turned 91, though, Um and so he went, I think he was born during, um, right at the beginning of the 30s, but, yeah, and so, you know, he, you know, technically, you know, wasn't alive during the um, 1920s, but he has, you know, siblings that were, um, who were born during that time. Obviously, you know, they weren't adults, but, you know, he grew up during, you know, he was you know, the end part of the Great Depression, grew up during the Reformation after the Great Depression or uh, whatever it was called, the New Deal, in my brain right now. I didn't even tend to talk about this, but I think we need to understand that all of these things tie in together because barefooting could be an accommodation in the workplace of so many places that really don't require you to wear shoes. Now, if it is an actual general safety issue, okay. But also, is it possible that there are some safety threats in some work environments that really shouldn't be there either or could be avoided or prevented? Um, And so I want to kind of talk about, you know, like labor um, unions and, you know, just the people that really, you know, push for change or, you know, grew up in times of change. And so for – and I didn't really intend to talk about this today, but – I just feel like it's something we got to address in our society. And um, it's hard to have a conversation with my great-grandfather now. And it is hard, but, you know, um, he has had a lot of things. He is a very strong person that, you know, I've always looked up to and admired. And he's always somebody that has fought for change. Um, And, you know, growing up personally in a household where there was a lot of oppressive ideology. Um, My great grandfather was somebody that I still had contact with in my life that didn't share those opinions, didn't share those ways of thinking that I felt was just so important for me Um, and encouraging me, you know, to get my education when I grew up in a tense and religious environment where you know, my purpose. And I don't judge other people's choice, what you choose to do. I don't have a problem with what women choose to do for themselves, their beliefs. If you want to be a homemaker, good for you. That's like, like honestly, like, good for you. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, you know, I grew up in, you know, oppressive religious um, environment where it was like all women were ever on this planet to be for was basically breeders and servants. And um and I'm sorry if that like, you know, offends some people to say but that was the belief I grew up around. And unfortunately there are a lot of us uh out there that have and um but I think that whatever you choose, as long as you're not hurting anybody and you're leading a, a like a life of just love and justice, like good for you. That's what matters, love and justice for all, and not this whole theme, this whole dream. I want that to be a reality, you know? <laughs> I think we all, I think the people right now, we're just collectively, we really want that to be a reality, you know? We don't, and with, you know, my great-grandfather, you know, it really was so much so important for me to have that and to even just have a put, put, uh, yeah, paternal figure in my life that was supportive of me and my rights and my body and any choice that I would ever have and any mind and decision was my own. But at the same time, you know, he has also admitted that when he was younger, there was a lot of things that he was not aware of. And that you know, even he had some bigoted mindsets of because it was what he was taught, and that was okay, you know. Being you know, being born at the start of the '30s, and um, but at the same time, there were a lot of things that were to him never were a big issue, you know. I like I, you know, and for you know, my grandfather being um, a, a multiracial person and his, um, you know, having, uh, cousins that were, you know, um, Cherokee and, and, or, um, black or mixed as well, you know, like for him and, or just in general, you know, having white cousins that also, again, didn't see a problem with it because where he grew up, um, in his, you know, farm, you know, uh, Community in West Virginia, like they had a lot more community than even uh, areas surrounding them, you know. And but there were still a lot of internalized problems, there were a lot of um, issues that, you know, he says that when he moved up to Ohio and you know for work, and he was amazed by um, the just the racism, and and by amazed, I mean appalled, I don't know why I said amazed, sorry, I meant appalled, like, like, how is this a thing, like, is what I mean, I mean appalled, really, gosh, sorry, my brain, (laughs) well, gosh, but no, he was just, like, appalled and just didn't understand it, and, you know, it got him into a lot of fights, now he is more of a, you know, white passing person, but, you know, people thought that things, you know, could slide around him, and so, you know, like, it's one of those things where I, I think it's hilarious. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, you know, they had to fight for each other and fight for members of their community, literally. And then also with the labors and worker strikes, they were protesting in the snow, downpouring rain, storms. They were doing, you know, and, 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 and this started even before the time that my grandfather was born, during the time of his ch- childhood, but also throughout his teen years, you know, because he didn't have to finish school. I think he finished school um, to the point that we do now. He finished school at 14, and I think by the time he was, I don't remember how old now because he went back and forth at one point, um, but, you know, he went, and so he got into the workforce and working in in factories very young. And even with you know the labor laws that they did put in place, there were a lot of places that found loopholes around that, and these young people didn't know any better because they were doing what they could to survive for their families. But at the same time, you know he talks about a time when communities took care took care of each other. They lived off the land. Somebody you know, husband died, and he was a farmer, and they you know their field needs plowed. you know as farmers in the community, we'll come together for the widow. You know, make sure that, and like, you know, that like, you know, their cornfield, soybeans, whatever you grow, because I mean, soybeans and cornfields are you know, pretty common in the Midwest, you know, you need a cloud, okay, we'll take care of your vegetables, you know, and then the women, you know, they would, you know, prepare meals and, you know, help watch the children, um, you know, provide, you know, more emotional comfort for each other during those times of grief. You know, people took care of each other. And I think that we've kind of been under this guise too. We're like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we have come a long way with, but there's also a lot of things that we've actually lost because of this progression and capitalism that is not rooted in caring about the people, the ecosystem, the collective, you know, or having any kind of solidarity or empathy with each other. And that a lot of people are so afraid of getting in trouble with anything with their workplaces. And I think that's also why a lot of people at like Walmart's and targets and whatever else, you know, you want, want to go to why they're like, Oh, you can't be in here barefoot or dollar generals or whatever. Oh, you can't be in here barefoot. Like for my experiences or whatever, you know, even though there are no laws, no health codes against barefooting in the United States, you are allowed to barefoot in public in the United States. Part of the reason, though, I think the only reason why they say anything is because they probably don't even really care that much, but they're worried about getting in trouble. They're worried about somebody, you know, having to file a lawsuit and it's somehow coming out on that employee, which just shows that laborers and workers don't feel safe and that job security is not really a thing anymore in this country. And, and I think that there was a window of time where those things were possible and did happen, but then, but it was a very small window of time. And, you know, and, and I am thankful for my experiences with growing up very close to my great grandfather um, and growing up very close to my great grandmother as well. And, you know, just hearing their stories and their struggles, a lot of, you know, issues my great grandmother went through, being a woman, uh, during, you know, that time period, and um, and especially because she had reproductive health issues. And, um, unfortunately we're going back to that and, um, she died a couple of years ago, but it actually hurts me because I, you know, and again, I respect everyone's choices, but you know, there, this is not just about choice of right or wrong. There are people who medically need it. And who are dying, who have died, whose lives are on the line. I mean, there were 14 women that came together in Texas together in a lawsuit. um, But there are so many more um, because of the, you know, um, because they've also used people's empathy. They've really used people's empathy to create just a a control issue. Because I get it. There are people that are against it. you know, and for me, um, who, you know, as someone who is also uh, Jewish, I want to share, though, but, you know, in under, you know, Jewish law, and again, you can believe whatever you believe, um, but, you know, this is my personal belief, and I just, like, that I don't, too, is that in the Jewish faith, they is a priority for the life of the pregnant person, especially if you already have children. Children who are alive need their mother, you know. Um, and so, you know, and through our view, um, God does permit, you know, abortion in the in the, um, in the event that this is something that a person medically needs, you know, that is threatening their health and is threatening their life. Then it is something that is permitted, and it's actually a religious. crime to us if you deny a person that, which is why, you know, there are Jewish people that have been, you know, speaking out against this as well in communities because it, um, to us, that is a sin. That is a crime um, to deny somebody that medically needs an abortion to save their life, you know, that to save their life, um, especially. You know, when when you have a mother with another child, like with other children, you know, you have to think about those children. You also but you also the person, the pregnant person, you know, their body and their life matters. And, you know, and so there are different views, but, you know, we, you know, and I feel like this is a viewpoint that you don't hear very often as much. Um, And I don't want to talk about this too much, but body autonomy is important. And um I think where we really need to stand up for each other, if you have a problem with it, if it's against your religion, I respect you, but we should not be allowing people's lives to be endangered and lost and wait till women are on their deathbed to give them any kind of care that they need that is inhumane, that is cruel. And I think this also just shows how much we are so disconnected from each other. And understanding each other's realities. And we're so disconnected as a community. And there's all these narratives being, you know, spread and blown up. And, yes, we cannot all speak for every person ever. But we also cannot spit in the face of the people that are dying, whatever that may be. And um, use this anger, you know, whatever you have to make collective community changes. It is a tool um, it's just about learning to use it in the right way, but also learning have you been manipulated to be angry about someone else having rights, and if so, maybe we should unpack the problem with that, or you know you should you know take the time to unpack your problem with that. If you are angry about someone else having rights or control over their body, control over their medical care and staying alive, then that is something that you need to unpack it is and we need to have solidarity and support. And remember that body autonomy is so, so much, you know, whether that is somebody who wears um, chooses to wear um, head coverings for whatever their religious belief is, um, whether that's, you know, modesty, barefooting, reproductive rights, tattoos, piercings, anything that goes over your body, like we should have control and autonomy over our bodies. And those are a lot of things that are actually controversial and have been historically controversial in the workplace, you know, for laborers. And what do those things do? They give you authority over yourself to make choices and decisions for yourself. And that's a problem for some people, apparently. Um, and so I think that the issues with... You know and there's a lot of strides that you know people from you know my great-grandfather's generation you know he could he would always tell so many stories about protesting and the conditions they worked through and what they fought for and as well as the people that came before him and younger people but the thing is he always told me he's like I worry more about your generation than I did my own because I he was you know when I was a child he was telling me you know in the early 2000s he's like I'm just I'm worried you know (laughs) like you know and my my family's always been you know we're the neurodivergent deep conversation type. Me as a child, I always liked deep conversations, especially that were real. And, you know, and he's like, and so I always felt warned, but I still don't even feel like I was fully warned. And I think it did, you know, these things have always been leading up, but it's, it sometimes it does feel like it's all happening at once. But remember that as long as we are speaking up and we are uniting, you know, support each other's labor movement, support other people's labor movements. If you're outraged by these labor movements at all, unpack that and look at it. And maybe there's some jealousy behind it. Okay, support their movement. And once then their movement goes through, guess what? There'll be better chance for your movement to go through. Or if you've got movements going at the same time, let's support each other. And remembering that, and I think that, you know, this, you know, these labor issues, this does tie into barefooting, too. There are a lot of people that need barefooting as accommodation for work. Drivers, where I'm sure there's a lot of drivers out there or people that would like to be drivers and would need that accommodation of barefooting. You know, there are workers and laborers that are barefooters. There are barefooters that are workers and laborers. Like, you know, there's, and I know it's like, you know, I may it seem like I'm not Thing, right on barefooting but there's so much intersectionality within our world within our existence within each individual person's identity and you know and we need to support each other a lot of the discrimination that we see around barefooting it does tie into it ties in it does historically tie into racism historically ties into classism and socioeconomic disparities um and just um even a uh, um uh, sorry how do I put that into words um uh, religious discrimination. Sorry, that word just escaped me. I love apraxia some days. Oof. Um, religious. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, dude. My ADHD autism today. I'm just like, I'm bringing up so many tabs that I just feel like they need to be talked about, but I'm like trying to find the right line with everything. And I'm just like, okay, there's so much in my brain. <laughs> I'm sorry Oh, I have to laugh, but because I so feel or worse, you know. But you know, religious discrimination, even you know, there's a lot of these things historically too, are just um, ableism, not understanding accommodations for ADHD and autism or other chronic illnesses, chronic pain, other diseases. There's so many different mental, you know, conditions and neurodivergency that you know can benefit. People can benefit from being barefoot, and if you're a barefooter, you're a whole person you know you are your own individual you're your own person you have your own identity and there's so many intersectionalities within our own lives as individuals where if barefooting is an accommodation or a aspect of body autonomy and free will that you have you do still have the legal right to you know um as you should you know to exercise until you want to exercise like you know you need to build you to have that right and protect that right and not have to deal with discrimination. Like we should not do with discrimination, honestly, shouldn't be a thing. Um, I vote no on discrimination if people could just like get it together already. Um, but I understand that, you know, that's not to undermine activists at all and the work that you've put in. But if anything, like, thank you. Thank you to anybody that is putting in work for collective change that is rooted in the community and, and helping the earth. And, you know, and again, climate and the earth and our physical, like natural environment, and even the structures built within those natural environments directly tie into our everyday experiences of barefooters, whether you are aware of them or not, whether you're aware of all these structures and systems that go into place or not they still impact your ability to barefoot. And we have seen a lot of questionable decisions being made, um, you know, um, by judges in terms of freedom and protecting people's rights. Um, And even with body autonomy, that if they're allowing people, again, content warning with what I'm about to say, but literally die, control over their body and their medical care you know because they shouldn't apparently have that right as an individual to live to take care of their own body and have and control of their own health care if we're allowing that already there are people that are allowing that already what is stopping people from getting a little too zesty and being like hmm i want to open the door to discriminating against barefooters you know, so we need to stand up and be adamant for ourselves. And, I, you know, I'm just saying that as not to scare people, but to remember that we have a chance at this point. There are a lot of movements that are making headway, that are making, you know, those strides, making those steps that are getting there, you know, having these small victories. But as long as we keep up the energy for each other, supporting each other, um, standing up for ourselves and others, like, Change is already happening and it's going to continue to change because I think a lot of the situations that are actively going on are just exposing people more and more to the fact that we have been – had decisions made for us by people that didn't have our best interest in mind, at least not all of them anyway. But that ended up, what, overriding in the system anyway at some point within – the chains of decision making. So we need to stand up for each other. We need to support for each other. So there aren't currently, and there never have been, no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States. It is illegal for them to have a store policy or a policy in general as an establishment against barefooting if they are open to the public. It is. It's illegal for them. Those no shirt, no shoes, no service signs, the, it, those are illegal. Okay? They cannot discriminate you on the basis of wearing no shoes. That is illegal. Um, and I ended up actually, I was in um autism uh, support group this morning that um, that I, uh, you know, talked with for, you know, myself even. And I, I ended up bringing up, you know, like barefooting my experience with, you know, um, up coming up like our experiences um, as you know autistic people in the world, and there were several people there that also have ADHD, and you know talking about our um, experiences, and you know like and I brought me being a barefooter and how you know people have thought that I'm on, I'm on drugs or I'm homeless or whatever, and um, there was that and there was a guy in there who um, in the support group because it's. Um, there's a wide network support group, you know, it's, um, you know, from the UK, I believe, you know, and, and um, that, you know, said that there were some similar experiences there, you know, so that definitely can be a thing, and I'm not going to give any more information or anything like that in the support group for the sake of people's privacy, but the fact that this is also a similar experience where there are no issues with it in the U.K., but some people in the U.K. still have to, you know, deal with some issues of discriminating around barefooting. Um, but also, you know, I, you know, found out that there, you know, I was able to talk to someone else who talked about how, you know, barefooting was an accommodation for them as well. Um, and there was, you know, someone that was like, t- um, they were um, talking about, too, um, how they were surprised, they didn't know. They they literally thought it was illegal to barefoot, but no, it's not. It is completely legal to barefoot in the United States in public spaces. Any place that is a public space or open to the public, barefooting is legal. It is illegal for them to have a policy against it or just or to discriminate against you for barefooting. So, but you know, and there's guys like I see those signs all the time. This was somebody who um, they were also from the United States. And, and I was like, yeah, they're actually illegal. Like, I did get a little bit excited over that, I'm going to lie. Um, and so, but again, I don't, I don't really know much about whether or not, you know, how much barefooting, you know, would help anyone else in the group. It wasn't like it was something we talked about. But for me, as someone who's ADHD, who's also autistic, you know, it was nice to like be able to share like that with people. Cause you know, it's like, this is a special interest. And sometimes I will hear on the radio show where it's like, you know, Oh, she's getting or you know so off topic or whatever, and like I'm just all over the place, and but, like there's so much intersectionality within our lives, like barefooting is not as simple, there's nothing simple about anything we've been told is simple. we're just told it's simple, so we're to- so we're taught well, that's just the way it is, and we stop asking questions or we stop paying attention to it or we so we don't think about how. Wait, there needs to be more connectivity here. But for me, my ADHD autistic brain is like hyper connectivity in the house. Whoop whoop. You know? And then sometimes yeah, I get it. It's hard to follow. I seem like I'm all over the place. Um it's important to understand there is a lot of community. You know, one thing that helps me stay positive is, you know, looking into community organizations looking and and looking at people that are talking about these issues um, seeing different projects that are being done different community led things um, and then just seeing how you can help support like you know there are a lot of things where you know monetary donations help even if it's just a dollar Um, if there's you know an organization support and like you know support if you're you know want to do more to support you know barefoot is legal you know Um, there are, are a vi there's like a a VIB, very important barefooter um program thing. You get some goodies in the bag and stuff like that. Like you get an ID and it's gonna kind of have a QR code that'll take them to Barefoot is legal. That like you can um Audrey would be able to explain this better. Unfortunately she couldn't be on again this week because of scheduling issues. It's been a crazy month for her, um, and especially being a mom of four and you know, she's still working full time, uh full time. Um during the summer with the the center that she works at. So, um, yeah, so, and I'm sorry that I didn't, you know, explain that before for anybody, you know, who's listening, has listened in the past, Um, but she can explain this better. But if you go to um, barefootislegal.org in general, I recommend checking it out um, because that is Barefoot is Legal's official um, like website. And so, um, and there's different, um, information, um, there's like a news section on um, relevant things with that um, with barefooting um, as well as other ways to like keep up with barefoot is legal. Um, there's information on laws, corporate letters, workplace. Um, you can also report unfriendly businesses um, and also to get like help with um, discrimination um, regarding barefooting if necessary. Um, and there's like an education um, section, so there you can find out some more. Um, And there's things about, you know, memberships and donations under how you can help. And there's some information about um, membership benefits, volunteer. Um, You can also find report and unfriendly business under there as well. Um, Newsletter article submissions um, and how you can get what they call BIL swag. So you can – Purchase shirts um, or anything uh, like mugs or things like that, like to um, the proceeds. You know, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So we are an official nonprofit organization. You know, we're not getting paid to do this. Um, any of the money raised goes directly to the costs of, you know, You know, unfortunately, you know, we have to advertise to get our message across and to promote even on like Facebook, Instagram, a lot of those things to promote as professionally and as businesses, like, you know, you have to pay for those things, Um, but also um, to be able to make like um, business cards, um, also just the resources that it takes to be able to mail and get a hold of, you know, corporate legal things, Um, just the general operation costs but also a lot of that goes into spreading our message and advocating for the community. Um, what I primarily do, you know, here at Barefoot is Legal is, you know, the radio show. Um, I set up a link tree to help with that. Um, and there's some other things that I'm, you know, still looking into how we can expand it more. I've been trying to find other link sites that would help make it easier to format information too, to share that on um, like on our um, social media links easier for people and for like the website since you know through these channels of sharing information you know it can be a little bit harder to get all that information out and you know we just make it more accessible um to for you um but you know there's sorry my brain right now um there are ways that you can um, help and also, you know, like Barefoot as Legal can help you. Um, and unfortunately, in order for us to get our message across, because everything is so rooted in money, in order to promote the fact that this is an accommodation, that this is, you know, something that benefits the lives and well-being of so many people, but it's also a right, but, it, but it's healthy. And, you know, awareness around it does take a lot of, you know, resources, Audrey and I, you know, we volunteer our time. Um, we, you know, we'll volunteer. That's, you know, that's what we are, you know? And so um, technically, I mean, like technically, I mean, we were chosen, you know, like, you know, like, I guess that makes sense to do the radio show or like ask, you know, if it makes any sense because Audrey started doing it and, you know, so, but at the same time, like, you know, we're volunteering our time for this. Um So if you are, you know, interested at all in helping, um, you know, just support um, Barefoot is Legal since we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization um, dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, um, you can go to barefootislegal.org and look more into membership and donations. There are like membership options where you can actually get some like goodies and still like the money, you know, that's going to, you know, promoting, but also um, health fairs and stuff like that. Um, We've been wanting to try to find more ways, Audrey and I have been wanting to get more involved in our state and local community um, to be able to, you know, do more health fairs, have more things, but unfortunately even just the equipment, renting, and so there are a lot of things that we really could help your donations with as an organization to be able to get the resources um, so that way we don't have to rent um, things to set up booths at health fairs. I know is one thing that a goal that, you know, Proof had set um, was so that way for people who are already designated as um, like, um, what's the word, admins um, or like, um, you know, me and Audrey, I've been doing this radio show oh gosh closer to probably two years now I don't plan on quitting until somebody tells me that I shouldn't be doing it And it's like actually like legitimate like yeah you're probably right because you know some people just have criticism you know to be criticism but you know I plan on you know I've been in my own like burnout and recovery state so I mean there's a lot more that I've gotten the back burner that we you know I mean Audrey want to put out and put together but you know it's been hard even like learning how to accommodate for my own health issues and my own, you know, mental health issues with ADHD and autism, it's been a lot. And um, But that's also why, you know, I've talked so much about ADHD and autism in the past and how barefooting really is an accommodation for that. But um, obviously, it's not one size fits all. Everybody has their own sensory needs. Everyone has their own accommodations that work for them. You know, I even sometimes have sensory issues with barefooting. at different times on certain textures, certain times, certain temperatures. You know, it's got its own thing. Um, but for my physical you know, well-being as well. Barefooting helps me. Audrey, you know, barefoot for her ADHD and for multiple different um, chronic illnesses and conditions as well, um, for chronic pain. It's, you know, and it's not something that's going to immediately, you know, set in, you know, right away, but over time it is going to have, you know, more benefits. It's not something that either, even if it is an accommodation for you, like it's still something that you're going to have your own journey and your own experience with. Um, but everybody's different. There is no one size fits all in terms of accommodations and the human body and just our existence in a nutshell you know There, is, like so it is something that you know you have to take, have your own journey take your own pace with but also if it's something that doesn't work for you that's okay too there's nothing wrong with that if barefooting you know doesn't isn't so happens to not be an accommodation for you because of your ADHD or autism you know that's okay there's nothing wrong with you I still support whatever your accommodations are I just hope that you support those of us, you know, in ADHD, autistic communities that do need, to, you know, barefooting as an accommodation. And, and so that's the thing, like I've already said, in so, with so many other contexts in the show, like solidarity is, and community is so crucial to having the progressive change and humanitarian changes that we need to have for the people in order to enrich the lives of the people, the health, the wealth, the well being of of the people, um, and really have the collective in mind. Um and I it's, I think a lot of this disconnection from nature has been dangerous. You know, there are research studies out there. Uh Doctor Clint Ober, you know, he's been you know a leading researcher, um on a lot of grounding earthing and barefooting studies um he has his own company i think technically too so they do have earthing grounding products but there's research out there and there's um, research from other um research f- facilities and researchers as well showing that um, too much exce- too much excessive electrical energy in the body is detrimental to human health um, and that's connected to a wide range of conditions. Um, and so barefooting and earthing really does help alleviate, alleviate that excessive electrical energy um, that helps with, you know, um, treating and alleviating inflammation. Um, and, like, arthritis has been connected to these issues as well, and so it can even help alleviate the symptoms of Arthritis. Um, and for me, it's something with osteoarthritis, like I agree that like it really does help, um, you know, and there's a lot of research there in general. And if you actually go to the link tree, which if you're listening from blog talk radio, um, you know, and we're through Freedomizer radio, um, and this individual show is barefoot Is legal radio. Um, they're in the bio uh, caption, whatever it's called. Um, we do have barefoot is legal the URL link tagged and then we also have our link tree link tagged Um, but in general if you go to um, oh there we go sorry um so l-i-n-k-t-r dot e -E slash barefoot is legal and I can spell that for you um so it's uh B-A-R-E-F-O-O-T-I-S-L-E-G-A-L. Sorry, my brain. I'm like, I want to make sure I'm being, like, clear to hear and also sometimes my auditory processing myself. Um, but hold on. Let me make sure there's, it's still doing what it needs to be doing. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, then my computer. Um, when I went to a click on the link, it did something weird. Um, but if you go there, um, but or if you're listening um, through like um, the platform, Blog Talk is Radio through the there's a link there, there is a link tree link. So we've got some shows tagged, um, like today's show, last week's, and the week before that is still tagged. So I think those kind of tied into each other. Um, Barefoot is legal is also tagged in there, but there are some articles on barefooting grounding some videos, um, and some more information on like different product things. Um, none of them are sponsored. Um, but just some things that I've found that I'm, I haven't necessarily tried any of them, but for people that, you know, be interested and like want to look into them further. Um, I really like the article. (sighs) I can find it. We are coming up near the end of the show. Um, It is closer to the bottom, just because I guess since it was um, something I found like months ago. But um, oh my gosh, sorry, I'm trying to click on it because it's got a long name, and it's by health organization. They're credible. I just they have a long name, and my brain always One second. My lab, laptop is being slow too, but um. So this is um, an art- health article published um, on the website of the National Library of Medicine, National Center for Biotechnology Information. I use them a lot in college for different stuff. Um, a lot of people I know that have also, you know, worked with psychology or different health stuff have used them in, you know, college, like, for research and stuff as well. Um, so this article is called "Earthing: Health Implications of Reconnecting the Human Body to the Earth's Surface Electrons. Um, and so there's some great information in there. Um, I believe Clint Ober, uh, Dr. Clint Ober, his some of his studies are actually referred to in this as well. Um, but there's other scientists as well, and I believe that there's some stuff that's dating back to the 1920s. It was actually, yeah, um, so... In the late, and so I'll read this real quick. So um, I found looking over it, um, here, I'll read the paragraph before it too. Um, Because this also gets into some of the things that they're looking at particularly. During recent decades, chronic illnesses, um, immune disorders, and inflammatory diseases have increased dramatically. And some researchers have cited environmental factors as the cause. However, the possibility of modern disconnection with the Earth's surface as a cause has not been considered. Much of the research reviewed in this paper points in that direction. And so this, again, and I think what is also referring to the fact that we have a history of the fact that this isn't something that is actually acknowledged in the mainstream or looked at, but this will get into studies that are showing that there is a connection as well. Um, and obviously, there's still a lot more research to do, but from a lot of the research and videos um, that I've seen, um, and there's more that we want to get tagged um, and go through more, but I also want to find better ways of able to, like, explain and have episodes where we're able to, you know, talk and dive more into these different things um, more and be able to, you know, have those resources available to people to look into it, you know, themselves. Um, You know, there is research there, but there is still a lot to be done, and unfortunately, the mainstream Western medical health system, um, you know, especially here in America, does not recognize barefooting or the importance of our connection with the earth um, or really anything like that. Um, But in the late 19th century, um, a back-to-nature movement in Germany claimed many health benefits from being barefoot outdoors, even in cold weather. In the 1920s, White, referring to this uh, doctor's last name, a medical doctor investigated the practice of sleeping grounded after being informed by some individuals properly unless they were on the ground or connected to the ground in some ways, such as with copper wires attached, grounded to water or or to earth, water, gas, or radiator pipes. Um, He reported improved sleeping using these techniques however these ideas never caught on in the mainstream society um at the end of the last century and so this is still um like within there's a very long introduction so this is a part of like the introduction that i'm reading um where this is going to get into um with a lot it's a very long article it's a heavy read but i recommend it and you're taking the time to split it up or so as you're comfortable um you know, do it, do what you got to do. Like, there's no expectation to just take it all in at once, by any means. Like, uh, just as we're like, listen to your body when it comes to barefooting. Listen to your mind when it comes to learning about barefooting and understand the research and digesting the information. Listen to your body. You know, your mind is still part of your body. Um, but at the end of the last century, experiments initiated independently by Ober in the USA and Kay. SoCal and P SoCal, I think that's how to pronounce. Them, I'm not 100 percent sure. And Poland revealed distinct physiological and health benefits with the use of conductive bed pads, mats, EKG and tens, yeah tens type electrode patches and plates connected indoors to the earth outside. Over, a retired cable television executive. And this is Dr. Clint Ober that I've been referring to as well. Um, sorry, I'll continue reading this real quick. Um, we are coming up at the end of the show, uh, show but I do want to, you know, finish reading this real quick. Um, Ober, retired cable television executive, found a similarity between the human body, in parentheses, a bio- electrical signal-transmitting organism and the cable used to transmit cable television signals. When cables are grounded to the earth, interference is virtually eliminated from the signal. Furthermore, all electrical gear systems are stabilized by grounding them to the earth. And then um, call and call. meanwhile, discovered that grounding the human body represents a universal regulating factor in nature that strongly influences bioelectrical, bioenergetic, and biochemical processes and appears to offer a significant modulating effect on chronic illnesses encountered daily in in their clinical practices. And I'm just going to finish up real quick looking at the time. Okay, we got like seven minutes. I'll finish up real quick with the last paragraph of the introduction. That, I didn't even start at the beginning of the introduction. Um, earthing, in parentheses, also known as grounding, in parentheses, refers to contact when the earth surface electrons, or with, sorry, with the surface electrons by walking barefoot outside or sitting, working, or sleeping indoors connected to conductive systems, some of them patented, that transfer the energy from the ground to the body. Emerging scientific researchers support the concept that the Earth's electrons induce multiple physiological changes of clinical significance, including reduced pain, better sleep, a shift from sympathetic to parasympathetic tone in the automatic nervous system with these um, ANS. it can also be shortened as, and blood- thinning effects the research along with many anecdotal reports is presented in a new book entitled earthing. Um, and so there's a lot in general. Um, and I know I talk a lot about how the excessive, like free radical energy, the excessive, excessive electrons in our body, like grounding the earth is important, but also the earth does have its own electromagnetic field and the earth is more magnetic as well. Um, and so, I mean, electromagnetic fields are a lot more complicated. Astronomy is, like, one of my special interests, um, but it it is hard to explain because it's, like, the Earth, yeah, it does have its own electromagnetic um, thing, but, like, a lot of the planets, their you know, electromagnetic mechanisms also come from their interactions with the sun and then each other, and all these electromagnetic fields interact with each other and affect each other, and these how orbits work, and um there's a lot of interesting things with solar radiation and so electromagnetic radiation or electromagnetic energy or the electromagnetic spectrum you know this is electrical and magnetic energy fields that are operating you know connected within each other and um objects people we all have our own electromagnetic fields I like guess the thing is like in ghost shows they're measuring ems they're measuring electromagnetic fields um but even objects um, we can influence and different things within the environments can influence the electromagnetic fields of objects um and some of that happens in our daily life in a lot of ways um that you know we're not even aware of or don't think of because it's just something that you know we just don't think about on a wide scale in our society anyway um but the earth you know it, is, you know, believed to have mostly a magnetic core. And the Earth is electrical, you know. It, I mean, it does have its own electromagnetic field, but within itself, you know, the sun is primarily electrical. That its, a, its primary function within our solar system is an electrical source. Um, it really is like, you know, our solar system's battery. And so, you know, it is really important for us to get sunlight and to get that solar radiation and electrical energy, but there needs to be a balance as well um between and we remember too that we ourselves as people are electrical um bio biochemical, bioelectrical, bioenergetic beings and you know, we have our own electrical processes. Our brains and our hearts are typically the most electrical parts of our body, but there are a lot of maladaptive conditions um within you know <sighs> the relationship with electrical energy and how that is processed through the body and, um, the impact that that has had on human health. You know, there is connections that can be made to the, you know, increase of problems regarding, um, human health and electrical energy in the body and conditions that, you know, are connected to that. And also, you know, people wearing, you know, rubber soles increasingly since the 1960s. Now, of course, more pe- there is more awareness, more people are getting diagnosed. I'm not going to say that it's all just the fact that um, shoes are hundred percent problem by any means. That's not what, you know, I'm saying either. Um, but for somebody that has been barefooting for over three years, yeah, cause my third year i think that i've been barefooting and pretty much as full time as i can and um it helped a lot with overstimulation for me as someone well with adhd and autism um it actually even helps with my interoception because it helps decrease those other stimulating factors to kind of just decrease um these stressors that are blocking me from understanding body regulation because um, for me, especially with overstimulation and mental clutter can over kind of just take the foreground and cover up a lot of this. you know, it is also more complicated than that as well. And everybody has their own experience with these things um, with, you know, these, um, you know, autism spectrum, ADHD is a spectrum, everything's a spectrum. Um, but barefooting is an accommodation for a lot of people and, um, it really is. Um, if you want to check us out on Instagram, it is real barefoot is legal. Um, the link tree will also be linked there. Um, haven't been, you know, Audrey's admin for that hasn't, you know, has been very busy business- as much, but we will be getting back more with some more content. We've both been, been in our own ADHD and for me also to the autism burnout. But uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope this information was, you know, helpful, understandable, digestible. Remember community is important. Uh, Take care of yourself, listen to your body, keep living your best barefoot lifestyle if that's what you choose, but in general, listen to your body the best that you can, Um, listen to your mind, listen to yourself, um, and just... Remember that you are the person that is in control of you and makes decisions for you and no one else can make those, you know, decisions for you. Stand up for yourself. There are no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States. It is illegal for them to discriminate against you for barefooting. It is illegal for them to have a store policy against barefooting. It is illegal for them to have a no service service sign. So keep living your best barefoot lifestyle, y'all. Keep living your best life in general.